You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of my first show. We are continuing our special mini season, focusing on the 1920 Broadway season and the Tony Awards and Tony nominated shows and creatives. Um, today's episode is featuring Andrew Burnap and John Benjamin Hickey, two of the stars of last season's The Inheritance. I saw it twice. I was in a puddle of tears and emotions both times. And every time I think about my experience in the theater with these men and this play, I am brought so much joy and so much feeling. Um, so I am really honored to have John Benjamin Hickey and Andrew Burnap of The Inheritance on the show today. Hi, guys. Hey there. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My, my real, real pleasure. And, um, you know, we're going to get into lots of stuff about the play and, you know, early plays and and musicals of, of your life. But before we kind of get into that, we are into a new year. We are into a new phase some might call this the darkness before the dawn. <laughs> certainly how it feels. So how how are each of you? Andrew, let's start with you. Where are you? How are you doing? Um, I am okay. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having um, having us. Um, I am currently in Rhode Island, where uh, I was uh, born and raised. I am... Uh, I have the the privilege of of teaching an acting class at my alma mater, University of Rhode Island, and and I just got out of class, and mm-hmm. I'm in my uh, sweet little office um, with a big window uh, overlooking a campus quad, which is um, so weird in the times of of COVID. But I'm doing okay. I'm healthy, which is um, you know all you can really ask for right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And and John, where do we find you today? Uh, you find me in Los Angeles. Um, first of all, I just want to say, Andrew, you're getting to go to a campus. You're not, it's not virtual. Well, I'm trying, how do you, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I can't teach acting over Zoom. I don't know how to do it. So right. we're, we're in person with masks 
six feet apart, oh, which wow. you know, is. I think that's great. Crazy. That gives me hope that we'll all be in a room together again. Oh, I hope. I am. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, where it's you know sunny and gorgeous, and I'm from Texas, where you know my entire family is without mm. power and water right oh. now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I have been here for three months now. I've been incredibly fortunate because I'm, I'm working, uh, right now. And I have this, I'm doing this reboot of, um, that HBO show in treatment, yeah. uh, which is there. They, they brought back for a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons is it's a very, COVID friendly. That's a terrible mm. impression, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. There are very few moving parts in that show. So it's a, it's a good idea to bring it back. And so I've been here working and um, you know, it feels, it feels just so surreal to have such a good job or any job at all in, in this, mm. uh, in this crazy calamitous time. Um, so that's where I am. And I go back to New York soon. I'm, very, very homesick and very eager to return home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in treatment is it's a wonderful show. I was a big fan when I first saw it when it first came out a few years ago. Um, but now that mental health is cool <laughs> or cool again or <laughs> of great import to us all, I think that show is gonna serve a lot of people who either don't have the time or or the or the resources to actually go to therapy, I think being able to watch in treatment is going to do uh, God's work. So thank you <laughs> for doing that. I, I got excited for a second when you said you were doing a reboot. I thought maybe it was Melrose Place uh, oh, since yeah. you were here. <laughs> Lots of reboots these days. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. BH90210 was one of my favorite quarantine discoveries, if you guys haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Well, speaking of reboots, let's let's uh, let's get into it. Um, so, when the shutdown happened on March twelfth, if I recall, uh, the inheritance had recently ended its run, like the Sunday before. Was it that? That's close. No, we uh, we were still we were still showing. We 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 got had it. a couple of shows left that um, left on our schedule. When we got got it. Down. Got it. So, so the Thursday, I believe it was a Thursday. So that that following Sunday would have been your final show. Right. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, oh. I was uh, talking to Andrew. I was no longer in the play. I had left it to direct Plaza Suite. Uh, we were about to have our first performance on the thirteenth. And John, so as director, which by the way, congratulations! It's so exciting. It's such a thrilling pairing of cast and and I'm so excited for when that show comes back and to see your work um you had to play a leader role and and sort of be there for for your stars that day was you know incredible and uh and terrible and uh, for all of us um they were Sarah Jessica and Matthew were on stage running through the play in full hair makeup costume tech it was a full tech you know it was our last rehearsal um and and there were and Sarah Jessica says that she could see you know sort of out of the corner of her eye in the darkness people running around in the in the theater you know kind of whispering to each other so everybody knew something was up and you know when you looked at those actors on stage it was a little bit like uh 
like you know that quartet at the end of Titanic, you know, valiantly yeah. <laughs> keep playing their instruments in the in the face of all of that. Um, you know, <laughs> but it was like that. And then yeah. the producers all came in from that big meeting everybody had, um, and said we're done. And just to kind of end that, so it was it was terrible. Uh, you know the. Uh, and people just left. I mean, I think Sarah Jessica said her her you know her wig is still on a wig stand. Her her makeup is still all out. It's all still sitting there. But I went straight from them to my doctors because I wasn't well. It was right at the beginning of all of it, so you know you were kind of in. You just didn't think it. You could have it because you didn't know anybody who did. And uh, my doctor said, I have the tests, uh, come down and get one, even though I'm sure you don't have it. Um, and they, they shut Broadway down. I went down to his office to test. And by the time I got home and got on my sofa, knowing that I didn't have to go back to work, you know, I was really sick that week, but I had so much adrenaline and so many, so much Advil in me that I was like, oh, I'm fine. I just have a little cold. There's nothing wrong. Uh, by the time I got on the sofa, I was super sick and I got really sick with it. And, you know, I've said this before on a, I, at the time on a scale of one to 10, I was calling it like an eight. It was really bad. It was, you know, just mm -hmm. all of the symptoms we've talked about, you know, the no, no uh, loss of smell, loss of taste, terrible backaches, headaches. Um, but then when I got better, after about two weeks, I started reading other people's accounts, of course, most, uh, Specifically, Danny Burstein's wonderful Danny. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I was a four or five. I consider myself very lucky that I was able to fully recover and had the time to fully recover. And, you know. Andrew, did, did you have anyone in your life sick or experience the illness? And I, I um, on that Wednesday that we did our final, and we ended up doing our final two shows. It just so happened that we were recording those for, uh, I believe it was Lincoln Center performances. And it turns out that I had COVID that day. Mm. I woke up in a terrible, terrible state, but I had so many people coming from um, Rhode Island to come and see the play for the first time that I felt like I couldn't, I, I hadn't missed a show yet. This one I couldn't miss because I had so many dear loves in the audience, but I fully had COVID um, and got tested afterwards. And uh, even when went home to my parents uh, without f knowing that it was COVID, but then I couldn't taste or smell anything for uh, about a week after I got home. And I had about three days where I was convinced that I had uh, inadvertently killed my parents. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, nothing of the sort happened. Um, and my parents are both vaccinated now. So it's uh, a, a huge relief. But that was that was crazy, um, and uh, and the whole experience of that day was so. I mean, I was not only in a, a fever dream because I actually had a fever, but it was also you know news alerts all the time of all of these things shutting down across the country. That when I got the news that the NBA was shutting down, I, I sort of through deductive reasoning was like, I think actors are not going to be able to go on stage <laughs> if the NBA is shutting down all their games. So uh, that's when I texted John, like, I think this is our last performance. And lo and behold, Thursday, we got the call. Wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The I think the NBA, it was like Coachella, the yeah, NBA, right. <laughs> and then Broadway felt right. felt next. Yeah, yeah. No, I I well, I'm really sorry you both suffered and and got sick. I'm glad you're both better, and, but I'm mostly sorry that that you know your your beautiful endings and beginnings were were sort of stilted and what mm. feels so dramatic and, and I'm sure at the time very unfair and very upsetting. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, I, I do have to say it was, it, it felt like though, like such a sort of fitting end that we couldn't actually prepare for a goodbye. Mm. If that makes any sense. It was sort of, we gave, it, it was such a beautiful uh, full day of performances on that Wednesday that it was almost like, if we had if we had to do the show on Sunday, it wouldn't have been the show that we all wanted to give because we all would have just been a complete and total mess. And we, it would have been hard to get through. It would have been hard to get through the play knowing that this was the last time we got to do it. So uh, um, as much as it was difficult to not be able to say goodbye, it, it almost seemed like a somewhat of a, a fitting end in a weird yeah. way. I had left the play no, thinking that I was going to be coming back to it, that mm. uh, it wasn't going to run that long. Um, but also, you you know, with me and Andrew and, and the three or four other people who had done it in London as well, we had had such a extraordinarily long, you know, and, and <laughs> full, full experience with that extraordinarily mm. long play uh, <laughs> that, that, you know it doesn't it doesn't it feels like something was you know cut short but it doesn't feel like i certainly for me i think i can say that for andrew too it doesn't feel like we didn't get to do it you know yeah. even though i left early and didn't get to come back and didn't didn't get to see the last show you know i i still feel like it was this absolutely complete experience in my artistic life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's actually, that's very poetic what you're saying about your experience with the play. And frankly, it fits the ethos of the play, <laughs> right? Yeah. About enjoying the moment that you're in it and how richly beautiful life can be when mm. you're in it and appreciating it. Um, so totally. that makes perfect sense that you both feel that way about your experience. Yeah. With that play. Well, let's dial back to your firsts. Um, we'll, we'll, we can talk about all sorts of firsts, but why don't we start with your first show? This, so this is first show you ever saw. Uh, John, let's start with you. <laughs> start with the oldest. <laughs> I came to New York in 1982 on a school trip from my college in Texas. And I saw like 12 shows and I, sh I saw, uh, I think the first one was um, this play called Foxfire with Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, my God. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and, and there's a, there's a, you know, there's a legendary moment that people have written about that Jessica Tandy had on stage. She was playing like a 90 year old woman in this play and she was deep into her seventies at that point, And, and she, turns around on stage and is 16 years old because she's having a memory of being 16 year old and uh, 16 years old and at a dance and without any you know light change without it she just did it 
and the audience just gasped, you know, and I, I remember that like kind of going through me like, wow, I am, I am at the center of where it's happening. You know? um, I, I so, I so want to be here. I, uh, I saw that week I saw, um, Agnes of God with Amanda Plummer and Geraldine Page. I saw Plenty with Kate Nelligan. So I saw these, you know, two or three plays. Jeez. I know you're asking for one, but I think it was that, <laughs> entire, that entire experience that was like, I want to be one of these people. I want, and I, I remember I would wait at a stage door and watch one of the actors, not even like a star of the play come out. And I would follow them like a stalker to the subway. Like <laughs> this is what they do. They get out of work and they go to the subway and they go home. I, I was a kid from a small town in Texas and I just was like, wow, I am coming here and I'm going to try my best to do this. So that, mm. that was it for me. Uh, Andrew, how about you? First show you ever saw? Uh, the first a play I ever saw was a play called The Celebration of Twelfth Night. Um, and every year they would put on this story uh, dealing with some like mis- uh, mythical themes of good versus evil. And uh, I saw uh, the version of, um, I believe it's the, the version of the, the, the uh, green horse. Uh, and every year there's like a big monster in it that's a puppet. And uh, this giant green horse entered the hall and I was a little nine-year-old soprano singing in the background and it was a dress rehearsal and I screamed. I was terrified and I don't, I don't think I could have articulated it at the time, but I, you know, you, you get that lightning bolt of feeling and you're like, I remember feeling like I want to be able to make people feel like that. I want to like move, you know, I could never have said any of this stuff, but it was that feeling that, that, that started there. Um, and you then, wanted to be a big green monster. I wanted to be a big green <laughs> horse and just scare everyone. Um, and but the first show I saw in New York was um, was as an eighth grader. We also took a, a school trip, and I saw a uh, hairspray, and it absolutely blew my mind. Mm. I was obsessed. I could not believe that people could sing and dance like that. Uh, and I remember. There was, um, there, they were doing one of the scenes, I believe it was, um, uh, was it Bruce who was playing the mom? I don't remember oh, if it was Bruce, Bruce or Valanche. Yeah. yeah. It might've been Bruce Valanche. And I, sw- I, I had never experienced anything like this before, but in the scene where he's, um, where she's dancing with, with, uh, Wilbur is the husband's name, right? Is it Wilbur? Yeah. Um, yeah. Went on probably like a 10 minute improv and jokes and just the audience. <laughs> was was eating out of Bruce's hand and I I remember feeling like oh yep that's what I want to do I want to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and in that moment did you think musicals were more exciting than plays like did you differentiate between oh yeah I mean I was I was a huge I would as a kid I was obsessed with uh, Ron Moody was my first real love I would say um, uh, his, when he watching him in Oliver, uh, mm. was like just endless fun for me as a kid. So it was Ron Moody and like Burt Lahr were my two big obsessions as a kid. And so, you know, these are two guys who are larger than life. 
And uh, so I thought I, I had no idea what a uh, I had no idea what a sort of a, like a play was. I thought everything was just everyone would just burst into song when they were feeling <laughs> complex emotions. I, I had no idea what a play was to the point where when I well I'll tell the story later, but I, I got into a very embarrassing things about I, I didn't even know what the word playwright meant. Like I, I just had no idea about anything other than the fact that people would sing and dance and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> None of us need anything else. I agree. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, first show you were in. Uh, Andrew, why don't you continue? What was the first show you were in? First show I was in was was this uh, this version of um, the next year's version of Twelfth Night. I got I got so jazzed by it that I went and auditioned for the next year. Um, uh, that was the first show I was, I was in, uh, I, I, as sort of a, a background character, the first show I ever had lines in, uh, which, uh, was highly illegal, but my friend and I sat, stayed up watching Aladdin, uh, the Disney movie. And we pressed pause every time there was a line and wrote the lines down and wrote down the entire script and then presented it to my fifth grade class. Um, <laughs> we had no idea about copyright laws at the time. But um, that would be the first show that I remember really having agency over and, and like directing my classmates and telling them what good acting was. <laughs> I love that you began your career as a plagiarist. That's that's kind yeah, of amazing. exactly. <laughs> Don't we all though? Don't we all a little bit? <laughs> and John, what was the first show you were in? Uh, I, I I guess it would be I was in Tom Sawyer playing the title role in uh, like the seventh grade. And uh, I remember we had a very, you know, um, like uh, uh, this director who was very bold, made big choices, and she had to <laughs> enter it through the audience. And uh, oh, and wow, wore, revelatory! Yeah, I wore, you know, what do you, you know, overalls. You know, Tom Sawyer wears overalls, and and I remember I, I like before our first performance, I had to pee really bad. And I, I like, I, 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 I peed a little bit, you know, over, <laughs> and you could kind of like maybe even see it a little bit. And I was really <laughs> panicked. And I mean, and since then, every time before I go on stage, when I have my, I'm very, <laughs> very careful when I go to the, I mean, like, I remember, I, I, that's what I remember about my first, uh, I don't remember anything about my performance or the show, but I remember like, be careful when you pee before you go on stage. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a so good, good. Right, yeah. Okay, so first professional show now. So this is, 
you got a paycheck, you signed a contract, and you were maybe even part of a union. What was the first professional oh, wow. show, John? Let's start with you. Uh, I think, well, I, I think it, I, I might have had a job out of Juilliard where, like, off off Broadway, where I got kind of sorry, a where? Out of Juilliard, thank you. Oh, um, and uh, and I, um, but I, I, I got my equity card, so I consider that my first professional job. I went to the Cleveland Playhouse, the beautiful Cleveland Playhouse, and mm. did a trilogy of plays that were all together as long as the inheritance. I have this penchant for, uh, for long plays, and uh, they were written by the great Southern novelist uh, Reynolds Price, and they were directed by the wonderful director, David S. Bjornsson. He was at the beginning of his career. And um, and so I made my debut there, you know, and I, I love regional theaters and I think about them so much in this time that we're going through and, you know, hope and pray for their survival. But that was, uh, that was my first professional gig. And it felt amazing to get my equity card and to get like a, a paycheck that you could mm. you lived on. You know, you, yeah. you, could, you could live on it, which is just mm. Such great memories. Andrew, what was your first professional show? Uh, my first one was I got to do All's Well That Ends Well um, on the Boston Common. I was way out of my league. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I probably learned more in that summer um, just about what it means to be an actor in a professional setting than I, than I did in, you know, m- many years of, of, of training. Just truly just watching some of the, the the greatest actors in Boston do their thing was uh, just a, a masterclass in each and every day. That's amazing. And if I'm not mistaken, The Inheritance was your Broadway debut, your Broadway first. It was. That? Yes, mm. it was. Yes. And, and was that a life-changing dream? Like what was on opening night, making your Broadway debut, what was... What was that feeling? You you looked back to your days in Boston and thought, this kid, Oof. this kid got here. Yeah, it's I. To be quite honest with you, I was so exhausted I couldn't even think about it. <laughs> I mean, we we were, and I'm sure John Viss really remembers this too. I mean, the preview period in New York was was very long and very very just very very difficult in the sheer number of hours that we were at the theater. Um, and not to mention that the play is seven hours long. So uh, it, it was, it, it, we were very much like, we just got to get this thing up and, and let it, and let it fly. Um, and so it, 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 my sort of personal goals fell by the wayside and it very much became, you know, this, this massive team effort to, to get this thing to sing. So, um, uh, I think after we were finished, I, I, I got to, really reflect on, uh, on that, but it was, I, 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 I felt everything, you know, to put it mm. simply every single yeah. feeling that one would associate with a, with a, a Broadway debut. I, I felt it nervous, ecstatic, total, like deep, deep imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, and, mm. uh, but also, you know, like, so just filled with like, profound gratitude for all that. I just thought of every teacher I've had, every person who's, who's told me that I can do it. Uh, everybody. I mean, even, you know, even John, who I, who I don't even like that much. I just thought of him <laughs> the whole time. Like how lucky am I to, I mean, I, you know, I can say I grew up 
coming to New York, watching people like John, watching John on TV and film, and to be able to share a stage with, with him, both in London and on Broadway, it was like, who, I don't deserve this. This is unbelievable. The, um, the no. parallel between that, Andrew, and the fact that John, your Broadway debut, if I'm not mistaken, was Love, Valor, Compassion. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's where I'm sure you're deriving great meaning, Andrew, with that feeling. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, standing on the shoulders of, of giants who came before me, and John is one of yeah. those giants. Wow. And and John, when you reflect on your Broadway debut and and certainly your your last Broadway show before the shutdown as actor, um, and you think about Terrence and and Tom, your producer, and losing Terrence, I, I I I'm just so curious how all of this I'm sure played in your mind in in those <clears throat> early weeks. Yeah, it was uh, you know we lost Terrence some point in March. And I think I was on my sick bed, you know, it, it, when he was, when he passed and, uh, and I, so it, it, it didn't seem real to me. That was a very surreal for all of us, but you know, I was yeah. sick. So I was dealing with that as well. I, I just, I, it just didn't seem, it didn't seem real. So, so, uh, when the reality set in that we had really lost him, you know, it just, uh, makes one reflect so much on, how much that person means to you and nobody meant more to me than, than Terrence, uh, as a mentor, as an artist, as a, uh, a person of the theater. Um, just, I've never met anybody else that <laughs> like that. Um, he's one of the kind and he, uh, he loved the inheritance <laughs> so much and he loved Matthew and Matthew's writing so much. And that was probably the greatest lesson from him is his, his generosity of spirit. He was not without an uh, edge. He had a lot of edge, Terrence. <laughs> he could be, be a real, you know, he was a very complicated, I um, mean, it's, it's apparent in his writing. He had terrific mm. um, anger and, and passion and a lot of edge. But, but boy, he loved playwrights and he loved watching them soar. And, and, so the inheritance, not just because his husband, Tom Curtihy, who was our lead producer, of course, not just because his husband was, was uh, this was his husband's passion project. It was, it was Terrence's passion project too. Mm. He saw this as a passing of the torch to a next generation and watching them tell a story. And in this specific instance, watching a playwright who had not lived through the calamity of AIDS, mm talk about it and and articulate it in a way that was different and new and um and profound so so that was really what a what a great you know ribbon what a great thread mm. to tie this experience to uh that experience i mean i'll just finish that by saying you know terrence was around a few times when we were at the young vic when we were first doing the show and I would feel like odd, like, wow, I had this experience all these years ago with Love, Valor, and here I am doing this thing, and there's Terrence there, and like we hear this thing that's in the so far distant past. And then when we opened at the Young Vic and people made speeches, Matthew Lopez got up and made a speech, and his speech, and I didn't know Terrence really meant that much to him, and his mm -hmm. speech was all about what he owed Terrence. It was a great uh, echo of of my first experience on Broadway. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You, you think a lot, I mean, theater is an art form that I think does this a lot where it passes the torch in a really beautiful way from director to director and from playwright to playwright and from actor to actor, but you got to actually live that thread of that torch, you know, from 25 years ago to, to today. Um, That's astounding. That's That's astounding. Gift. What a gift. Um, all right, it's dream time, guys. <laughs> if you could be in any show, anywhere, at any time, what would it be? Andrew, let's start with you. Gosh, <laughs> what a question. Oh man. I mean, I can't I can't help but think I, I would have I would have loved to have been a part of the, the first iteration of what I think is one of the most perfect plays of all time, which is Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Um, I, I to, to be able to have somehow been a part of that, uh, that community uh, of actors, uh, that sort of, um, I mean, it's the, it's the foundation, it's, the, it's the, some of the greatest plays ever written in the English language. Um, so I think, I think being, being able to be in an original Shakespeare play, original cast would be pretty freaking wild. Um, it might be a, my most, uh, you know, some of my actor friends might call that very basic of me, but you know what? The basics are important. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not limited by time and space here on my first show. If you want to be <laughs> in the 1600s, uh, cross-dressing and uh, do I even have that century right? Cross-dressing in Twelfth Night. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> then I want you to have that. So that Sweet. is that is great. That is great. It's <laughs> it's actually. Have you noticed the through line of Twelfth Night in your theatrical? I guess life? I guess so. Somehow I, I I've never done the play actually, but maybe you know maybe that's where I'm headed. <laughs> well, the, I hope there's a green horse and yeah, exactly right. You know yeah. what? I, got say, I just got to uh, make this about me in Twelfth Night. <laughs> um, I my maybe my very first professional job was out of you got it, Juilliard. I was a <laughs> spear carrier in a star-studded production of Twelfth Night in the Park, which is kind of like legendary now. That had Michelle Pfeiffer and Jeff Goldblum and and. Uh, oh. Yeah, Charlene Woodward, John Amos, Fisher Stevens, and me and Bill Camp were uh, were spear carriers in that. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. Um, long, long, wow. Long yeah. It's all about Twelfth Night. This it episode. Is? Yeah, this, it. yeah, this is the Twelfth Night episode. Um, John, mm. what is your dream show? Anywhere, anytime. I read that question, and I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't think of. Uh, anything. I mean, you know who I thought of? I thought of uh, Vanessa Redgrave and I thought of Lois Smith, you know, two mm. of our greatest actresses and, and them doing this play um, and being at their ages. I, I guess mm. uh, Vanessa was probably 83, 84 when she mm. did it. Um, Lois was 88, 89. Um, and watching them be so deeply challenged by it and, mm-hmm. and and work so hard on this brand new play that nobody had ever seen before, you know, trying to figure it out. And I was always so inspired by that. And like, 
so I guess the thing is, is like, you don't, it's always new plays. Like mm. thing I want to be in is something that comes across your desk when you've said, I don't ever want to do a play again. And the, the last thing in the world I want to do is a seven hour play. And <laughs> the inheritance, you know, and you read it, you're like, well, how could I not do that? How could I mm. not be a part of that? So it's always like, you know, it's always like the next thing is the thing I, I, I want to do. I know that's probably a cheat. Other than that, I don't know. I'd like to have been in, I would like to have been in a chorus line because I can't <laughs> sing and I can't dance. So, <laughs> so you'd know, be Zach. But yeah, that would, that exactly. Or that would mean I would have been able to do those things. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to see the John Benjamin Hickey chorus line. <laughs> no, you actually. wouldn't. Yeah, I would too. Let's do it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Well, we have a surprise element to the show, which I don't think you know about. Um, it's our lightning round. Um, oh I know, I know, I know. And what's fun when we have uh, two guests is you get to compete against each other for the oh answer. Oh my gosh, this is not going to be good. I read a lyric. I'm not going to sing the lyric, but I read the lyric to a, a really famous musical theater song. And you have to name the musical that it's from. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. So we we put 30 seconds on the clock oh. and the first one to know it, shout it out. And then we'll move on to the next question. Okay. And we're gonna see who would actually win at Marie's Crisis. Um, here we go. Which Somebody... John took me to, by the way. <laughs> Good. All right, here we go. Yep. Somebody crowd me with love. Somebody forced me to care. Somebody, somebody. Good job. Everybody loves a winner. So nobody loves me. I'm cabaret. No, oh, dang it. He was in it. That's not fair. It only takes a moment for your eyes to meet. And then your Hello, heart Dolly? knows. Yes. Oh, well yes. done. Walk on through the wind. Walk uh, on. Dang it. Now, now I'm alone. Still, I dream in of paradise. Uh, par uh, you know, South Pacific. Yeah. Oh, oh, South Pacific. Shoot. This nearly was I mine. Mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I got Andrew. Andrew, you did fine. <laughs> J JBH, you crushed it. Yeah, oh, man. Ten, baby. Nine out of 10. All right. Yeah, you, you were good. You, were, you had good self-awareness. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait Dang to go it. to Marie's with you both. This was really lovely. It it was I I I I actually was not being hyperbolic. Um, your play meant the world to me when I saw it in the theater, and uh, you spending this hour with us to just hear about your upbringing and the way you're feeling that means a lot as well. Um, so thank you. Really, I loved being able to like talk about what we do. You know, yeah. it uh, it's important and it's, um, you know, makes you realize just, God, just how much you miss it. This time has been quite isolating in many different ways. And so to be able to find common points of connection, even in the nerdiest of song lyrics is uh, <laughs> such a, such a gift. So thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. Thank you guys. Best of luck. Stay safe. My first show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. 
This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. One partner in paradise, this promise of paradise, this nearly was mine, close to my heart she
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.